0: Hello, and thank you for downloading this programme from Starry Decisis Radio. In this programme we shall be discussing a case of a girl who was brought to live in Pakistan. Concerns were raised by the former same-sex partner of the girl's mother, and there was a question as to whether the courts of England and Wales had any jurisdiction. The central question was whether the UK was still her habitual residence. The name of the case is re B, a child, and the judgement was delivered by the UK Supreme Court on the 3rd of February 2016. The girl was born in 2008, and her biological mother was of Pakistani origin. The mother was in a same-sex relationship with a woman of Indian origin, although the relationship was not legally formalised at any stage. When the girl was born, the women were living together, and the mother's partner took a very active role in her parenting. Unfortunately, in 2011, when the girl was about three years old, the relationship broke down, and the biological mother put limitations on the contact between the girl and her former partner. There were ongoing mediation proceedings between the women concerning the custody and access to the child. The former partner sought a shared residence order which was resisted by the biological mother. In 2014, before any finality was reached and when a further mediation session was pending, the biological mother brought the girl to Pakistan. Her former partner then brought proceedings under the Children's Act seeking contact with the girl. In the application, she described the girl as her daughter. The removal of the girl to Pakistan was clearly done in a manner calculated to take the former partner by surprise. However, there was nothing unlawful about it, and it did not require the former partner's consent. She had never been the girl's legal parent or guardian. The former partner then brought an application to the High Court in respect of the girl, seeking that she be made a ward of court and be brought back to England. The High Court had extensive evidence and concluded that the Court did, ha- did not have jurisdiction by virtue of the fact that the girl no longer had her habitual residence in England. The High Court also considered whether it had the power to order the girl's return under its inherent jurisdiction on the ground that she was a British citizen. From the case law, the only basis upon which the inherent jurisdiction could be exercised was in cases of extreme circumspection or dire circumstances. The Court held that this did not apply despite the difficulties of the former partner seeking any kind of relief in the courts of Pakistan, owing to the attitude of the Pakistani authorities to same-sex relationships. The test of habitual residence derives from two sources, the EU law and the Hague Convention on Child Abduction. In each case, if there is a question of jurisdiction, it must be established that the child has his or her habitual residence in the country before the courts can make any relevant orders. The problem that arises, and was central in this case, is that it is not always clear when habitual residence begins and ends. If a parent takes a child from one country with the intention of remaining away permanently, at what stage does the child cease to be habitually resident in the country he or she left? And at what stage does he or she become habitually resident in the new country? This was the core question in this case. An appeal to the Court of Appeal was dismissed and the matter proceeded to the Supreme Court, where Lord Wilson, in the majority, posed the following question Is it correct that by the clandestine removal of her to Pakistan, the respondent has placed B, that's the girl in the case, has placed B's interest beyond all judicial oversight? Lord Wilson's concern was that the concept of habitual residence of a child might operate in such a way that the child might have no habitual residence for a significant period of time. His view was that this could not be the law and that habitual residence was only lost when it was re-established in another country. He said that the real question was whether B had by then achieved the requisite degree of disengagement from her English environment and highly relevant to the answer, will be whether she had by then achieved the requisite degree of integration in the environment of Pakistan. He said, open quotation, I conclude that the modern concept of a child's habitual residence operates in such a way as to make it highly unlikely, albeit conceivable, that a child will be in the limbo in which the courts below have placed B. The concept operates in the expectation that, When a child gains a new habitual residence, he loses his old one. He went on to say, For me, it makes no sense to regard a person's intention, in this case a parent's intention, at the moment when the aeroplane leaves the ground as precipitating, at that moment, a loss of habitual residence. At all events, and more importantly, I remain clear that such is not the modern law. End of quotation. In a concurring judgment, Lady Hale and Lord Toulson expressed the view that the issue of habitual residence was a mixed question of fact and law. A strongly worded dissenting judgment was delivered by Lord Sumption. He objected to the notion that habitual residence was a mixed question of fact and law. He took the view that while the test for what constitutes habitual residence is a question of law, whether it is satisfied is a question of fact. He went on to address what he believed to be the real issue in the case. Open quotation. The real objection to the courts of Pakistan is not that they lack jurisdiction, but that they are likely to disapprove of same-sex relationships and will not necessarily recognise a non-genetic family relationship. That is a source of legitimate concern to the English courts, but it is not a basis on which they are entitled to claim jurisdiction. End of quotation. He went on to say, open quotation, The appellant's difficulty in this case is that she had no parental rights at the time of the child's departure from the United Kingdom. She was not registered as a parent at birth. There was no civil partnership, no adoption, no parental rights agreement and no court order recognising her status with regard to the child. The judge found that the respondent was not trying to escape from the jurisdiction of the English court. She was in law the child's sole parent who was absolutely entitled to exercise her parental rights by m- removing her to Pakistan. Although Lord Wilson characterises the removal as secret and clandestine, the judge made no finding of underhand contact which would warrant those pejorative epithets. End of quotation. Lord Clark also delivered a short dissenting judgment. However, the, rev- the view of the majority was that the child's habitual residence remained in the UK and that the Courts of England and Wales retains jurisdiction. In my own view, the decision of the majority is problematic, not necessarily because of the test for habitual residence, but because of the uncertain position of the applicant. While she had been in a relationship with the girl's biological mother at the time of the birth, the couple had not entered into a civil partnership, which had been available to same-sex couples in the UK since 2004. She had a close involvement with the girl at the time of her birth, and for the first few years of her life. And clearly felt to herself to be in the position of a parent. But she never regularised the legal position. While she may have had the requisite standing to bring an application under the Children's Act, the applicant was in no better position than that of, say, a close family member who was closely involved in the upbringing of a child. While it must be very distressing for that person to lose contact with the child, it is questionable whether the court should intervene to prevent the natural and legal parent from moving to another country. Thank you for listening to this program. If you have any questions or comments, please see the Starry Decisis Radio Facebook page or Twitter account. And if you've enjoyed this program, please tell your friends and colleagues about Starry Decisis Radio.